outstanding. There are no slouches. We've seen what they can do. They're impressive newcomers to WOW. The lie detective determined that was a lie. You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! It is the review of episode 43, Tag Teams Only. Hello, you are listening to the rights and wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast with your host, Mr. Green. And this episode, as many of them are, are almost exclusively the review of the WOW program that have been uh, running for close to a year now. We are, as of this particular review, it is 43 weeks about that i mean uh, i i guess at some point you ask and you receive you know like as i said that they needed to stop the, the nonsense of taking these breaks and hiatuses and and they have stuck to it i am incredibly and pleasantly surprised that they've uh that somebody in that room within that promotion within that tv show has uh had the good sense to say that this is not something you should do. You should not be cutting this off. You need to just go ahead and keep this thing running. And that's what they've done. So, you know, bravo to them. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into the episode and we're going to talk about what went right, what went wrong. Uh, as is this, the title of the show. Hang on a second. Sorry. Bug flying around here. I had to kill it. All right, now uh, a little little gnat decided to just buzz onto my my uh, notes here. Yes, real life does happen, even when you're doing these shows. They they do happen. This would have been a good time for me to be, uh, you know, if I was sponsored by Zevo and they're they're a uh, little gnat killer. It works great upstairs, but but I'm in my little uh, podcast room downstairs. Uh, anyway, that that's that is completely off topic and way beside the point. Hey, <laughs> beside the point. Getting, let's get back to the wrestling. Okay, so um, this show starts as the show always starts. Okay, let, let me just go into this right now. This, this, I know I've said this before, but this show has a formula to it, and it breaks down basically the same way every week, with the exception of one week that I saw. It is opening recap. It is match. It's video package. It's match. It's another video package, and it's a match, and there's a final video package, and then you go into the match, and then you end off the show. That's pretty much the run that WOW does week in and week out. So um, I repeat it because that's what they do, but it would be nice. I'm not saying this is wrong, but it would be nice if every once in a while they shook it up. I mean... It ain't gonna hurt to open up with a you know a, a promo, but they don't let anybody do promos. They you know everybody just is mute, except if you get the act scene out in the back somewhere. 
All right, so let's let's go into it. They did the recap, and they talked about uh, um, uh, the recap of the main event from the previous week, which would have been um, Penelope Pink taking on Candy Crush, defending the, the Wild Championship, and of course she, she succeeds, and then they pick up on the end of that, some of which we missed. Uh, I, I don't mind this. I don't mind the, uh, you know, the thing getting cut off on that, although it, it, it would probably suit some of the audience, because I think I understand it, because, you know, I'm old school. I've been watching Russell for a long time. And participated with it for a good number of years of for some you know promotions, um, but that the cutoff of television it probably would have been fine if they say, hey, look, you know we're, we're running out of time, folks. We'll, we'll show you what happened next week or go to our YouTube channel. I mean that that's a minor thing. I wish they would have done it, but uh, it, it's not terribly important. So ultimately what happened the last week is that when uh, Penelope Pink, not Penelope Pink, when Vicky Lynn gets up from the, the commentator booth following the Penelope Pink match is what I should have said. Uh, she picks Candy Crush up and hoists her on her shoulders and like gets ready to airplane spinner or whatever the case may be. But Princess Ozzy shows up out of the back and then, you know, they, they run him off. And that's when uh, it's Ozzy gets on the microphone and basically says she's tired of their bullying tag i mean this isn't verbatim but you know i'm tired of all of this and you know we'll take take you on it, it is all to set up a tag team match that i'm sure that we'll get at some point um they talk about sofia lopez setting up the, the main event of the show with the mother truckers i don't understand what this was for we'll get into that later and uh it goes into the the first match and this is all tag team matches which is a hint why they have the title First match, Spring Break 24-7 with our brand new team of Crystal Waters and Sandy Shore. Talk about having a team that's name is right on the nose. Might as well just call them Baywatch ripoff or, you know, whatever. Uh, well, they should have just brought back the Beach Patrol because that that's all they are. They're, they're like the spiritual successors to the Beach Patrol. Now, if you haven't watched WoW since uh, its inception, Way back in 2001, that was their their blonde uh, beach-esque tag team, which looked strikingly similar to what was then popular Baywatch. Now they're a little bit more neon-colored, but just as much as ineffective a team as Baywatch as, as Baywatch as Beach Patrol were. Because they went right in and lost this match. There's no point in going into, you know, who did what in, in the matchup. This this is the first time we see Crystal. This is the important part. This is the first time we see Crystal Waters and Sandy Shore as a team. Uh, even though they were advertised, they had talked about as a team the week before. And, hey, they're a great team. And we're happy to have them in the wild. And, then, you know, they, they do the normal things and talk them up. Um... <laughs> One of my favorite lines here was something that AJ Lee, AJ Lee, formerly AJ Lee, AJ Mendez, trying to get these things right. Um, but yeah, the former AJ Lee, AJ Mendez, she somewhere in the course of this came out, and Crystal and Sandy are no slouches. And the note that I had then is like, what are you basing this on? This is an absolute squash match. That's the first thing. So they don't show any signs of, you know, maybe the, the, random hope spot but by and large they they don't have 
anything to stand on as far as them not being slouches. This is the first time we ever seen them as a team. And they have a losing record. So, so how is this? They are no slouches. This feeds into what I was talking, what I have a note for a little later on. But this uh, this match was an absolute squash. Like I said, with the with the uh, exception of uh, a few hope spots here and there, the, the, the winner was never in doubt. Wrecking Ball and Reina Del Rey, um, the like I said, the stand-ins for the Wasteland. Um, instead of having Max the Impaler, we got Reina Del Rey in, in their spot. So uh, this is a cold match. There's nothing here. I mean, it does work for Wrecking Ball and Del Rey, who, you know, they cut another promo at the end and basically say the same thing that she's been saying is we're going after the championship. Now, when she was on her own, she just, and she being Reina Del Rey, her promo lent itself towards I'm going after everything or, you know, I could be going after the world title, I could be going after the world tag team titles, everybody's on notice. It is again another case of a promo that's that's that has something in it, but not a huge amount of substance because you know it's not aimed towards anybody or anything, and the promo is probably less than twenty to thirty seconds. Just like everybody's promos, you know, if they get on the microphone in that ring, it's just going to be pretty short and sweet, unless Dave McClain goes in there and does the talking for them, which he probably does not need to do that either. Um, so they cut a promo and they, they go into, you know, what they're going after the tag team championships. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, and essentially they named themselves last call. So I'm assuming that this is going to be, uh, a drinking related, (laughs) uh, gimmick for the team. Although I don't know if we're ever going to see them sitting around in a bar or even backstage down in a beer or or even explaining why they call themselves Last Call. Um, Again, is it really important that they explain why they call themselves Last Call? No, but it would be nice. I mean, because in their case, it just seems like a name out of the blue. Uh, Spring Break 24-7, I mean, even though neither one of them have said a word Sandy Shore and Crystal Waters have not said anything. But even though they haven't done that, I mean, you know, they they look the part more or less. Even if they you know they got to come out there with the, the typical gimmicks and, you know, hey, the shades and the beach balls and whatever. Uh, and, and the commentators are going out of their way to try to make them sound like they're some sort of party queens or, you know, whatever the case may be. But they, But the team means nothing. I mean, at this point, I'm going to just go ahead and call it for what it is. That team is going to be there to job out to pretty much everybody else, win every once in a while, and then ultimately lose the rest of the way. Uh, Next segment, they have a promo and a vignette for the upcoming six-person tag. Uh That will be the the next match. So they're, they're just feeding into what was coming up following this the note that i had here and i said earlier that i was going to get back to this is the the wow announcers have zero credibility i'm sorry they they do not i i I like stephen dickey i really do 
I, I think AJ could do a better job if she had the opportunity to do a better job. I mean, and by that, I mean, David McClain needs to get out of that booth. I know it's his project. I know it's his baby. I know he's been doing this forever. I know he's, you know, if you go back to just wow, that's like 20 something years of him dealing with it. You go back further than that with Powell, then you're adding in what another five or ten or whatever, and then you got Glow on top of that. So I mean, he's been doing this a long time, but his presence in that booth, in my opinion, weighs Stephen Dickey and AJ Mendez down. Because at first off, I'm not a fan of three-person booths to begin with. And the only reason that it seems like it keeps happening is because WWE does it and everybody else doesn't follow what they do. Uh, but it's not, it, it doesn't come off like an efficient commentating booth. They do not talk over each other. But when Dickey and uh, McLean, Mc, yeah, McLean get into this, um, conversation with each other is oftentimes it's like AJ's not even there. She just she's just a body that sits at ringside and she chimes in every once in a while. But other than that, I mean they they seem to talk over her a bit. And then Dickie has to go the route that whatever route that David McClain initiates, Dickie has to follow. So if they start talking about, oh, yeah, the spring break, they're, they're great, then he has to pick up and just go along with that. Uh, it would be so much smoother, you know, in my view with the two-person booth, but, you know, that's I will freely admit that is my opinion. So that this match is uh, Exile with Ice Cold taking on Team Spirit with Coach Campanelli. I guess Coach Campanelli is technically part of Team Spirit, but I'm just going to announce it that way. And the commentators start talking about mind games with Coach Campanelli playing on Exile. And the first thing I wrote on my notes with three question marks behind it, and the next one is like, when? When did this happen? When were these mind games take place? What mind games did she do? These are all things that the viewers never ever see goes back to the original statement i just said the wild commentators have zero credibility when you are doing a sports program and i I know this wrestling is you know some people don't view it as a sport i'm getting there just just stick with me when you're using doing a sports program your commentators have to be the voice the trusted voice so people can believe in them and believe what they say. So when they give you background on things and people and events that took place in that sport, whether that's baseball, basketball, football, etc., you accept it and you buy it and you go with it. Wrestling is not vastly different than that. It is why they had commentators like Jim Ross, Gordon Soley, Joey Styles, uh, Mike Tenay. You know, whether you like them or not, and then, you know, I'm just, and, and, to, and you know, and even in some degree, and I, and I know there's people out there that hate Michael Cole on commentary, but then there's people that grew, that grew up with him and they don't know any other commentary, but, but when he's left to his own devices, 
Go back and look at the Cruiserweight Classic that you know that he called, or or you know those things he did that was on the network when we had the WWE Network in the United States. But go back and listen to those things that are non Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, and listen to him do it. He he's an entirely different guy, and he you know he is like he does the research. He tries his best to make it you know make sense, and all of them became the trusted voice. There is no trusted voice here. They just make up stuff at will to try to accommodate whatever storyline they're trying to do and then try to patch in the holes of things that nobody saw. And this is one of those times. Like, what mind game are you talking about? Things like that weigh the show down. Or I should say it, it weighs down the commentators that are trying to do the show because they they have to do what WoW needs or wants them to do to try to pass off the, the information that should have been seen. If there were some sort of mind games that were being played in the back rooms or whatever the case may be, this should have been seen. It should have been something that was on the air. And that you could point out like, oh, yeah, I remember when she did that and she was tricking them and blah, 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 blah. But none of that stuff happened, so they're just like, yeah, I can't believe all the mind games that uh, Coach Campanelli played. And uh, it, That is very disappointing. So uh, the heat in this match is primarily on Randy Rara. Like, so we start off. Uh, in the match, but when they get Randy in there, the heels pretty much beat her up. I mean, I don't want to say that it's the squash because it's not a squash. It's not what the, uh, uh, the spring break 24-7 and Wrecking Ball and Raina Del Rey did. You know, it's not, it's not anything like that. Uh, but the, the designated seller here apparently was randy rara and and in fairness to her i thought that she did a good job in in selling the the, most of the uh abuse that she was taking in the ring and that's probably why that she was the one that got in there and did it she she may be a little better at it than um her new partner ariel sky uh, Campanelli is largely placed there as the cleanup, and that and this match was no different. Uh, Campanelli is she's clearly the um, recognized brains of the group. I used an analogy with this team uh, probably another episode ago when I said Rara and Campanelli. And these are old, <laughs> old comedians. So look them up, kids. Rara and Campanelli are like Abbott and Costello, in that Campanelli would be uh, Bud Abbott, the straight man of the group, the one that bosses the little idiot around, Lou, Lou Costello. <laughs> so you know you had Coach Campanelli, who was the straight person here. Bossing around the comic relief, Randy Rarod, you know the the funny idiot that we keep in our in our group for laughs, uh, and that's not a, that, that's not me taking shots at the person behind Randy Rara. So <laughs> let's just get that clear. This is not me saying that she's an idiot. I'm saying Randy Rara, the the persona 
she presents herself like an idiot. So uh, <laughs> she goes through this match, and she is fighting to try to get, get free and make the tag. And again, she sells probably better than Ariel Sky could. I mean, I believe that she's only maybe like a year into her, her wrestling career. Uh, but what this did is it allowed Exile, who I still find as a good team. I wish that, you know, this was a, a case of <clears throat> they need more screen time and they probably need more time to really get the, the gel of Exile together. Uh, and I thought they did fine, you know, kind of beating up on Ra Ra and doing it, getting to get their, their tandem offense in and things like that. Uh, Ice Cold has grown on me. Maleo Hosaka was the original leader and third member of Exile, but she's been missing in action for months now, and I imagine she's not coming back. But uh, they they slotted Ice Cold into this, and for all intents and purposes, she's done a good job of trying to hold the fort. So uh, the, the match carries on, at one point, Rara is able to get free because Campanelli comes in and essentially does the cleanup act, which gives her enough time to get free. Rara gets the tag, which Campanelli goes back, and then, of course, she gets the legal tag. Now she's in, and she's going to do her, you know, cleanup hitter deal because she's Coach Campanelli, and you got to listen to the coach because coach knows what she's talking about and et cetera, et cetera. Um. She gets a good move in on Ice Cold, but that gets cut off, which basically start, sets us up for a free fall. Um, there was a, I guess, an insecurity. I mean, she, she being, uh, which one is this? This That was probably, uh, I think it was Exodus. No, 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 no. Sorry, the long hair. She's Genesis. Uh, she does a, a nice insecurity with the heel of her boot to, to the, Unfortunately, it wasn't on the head of Ariel's sky. It was on her shoulder. <laughs> so it, it missed the mark a little bit, but, I mean, it, it was fine. It, it still did the job. But it it was within the course of this free-for-all where everybody's coming in one by one and then dropping each other move after move after move. So, you know, just to give you the picture here, um, Campanelli drops ice cold. Then Genesis drops Campanella. Then Ariel Sky uh, drops Genesis. Then Exodus comes in and drops Ariel Sky. And then Ra Ra. And, you know, just so on and so forth. Uh, it ends with Ice Cold dropping Ra Ra, who came back into, you know, that final phase. And then now you got Campanelli, who's back up on her feet. We're back down to the two legal participants. She hits Ice Cold with an unprettier. And then one, two, three, we are done. The baby faces win. Campanelli and crew continue on in their winning ways. Uh, the team is good of team spirit. I I still question the, uh, and I'll just say the kayfabe logic of it. That being, they were already a winning team. And I know I said this before in a previous uh, podcast, but they were already a winning team. Campanelli and Ra Ra were already a winning team. This would have made a lot more sense to me if Campanelli and Ra Ra had somehow begun a losing streak. 
and they were trying to find something to even the odds. You know, every time they got into the ring was, say, Exile or the Dark Side or Monsters of Man, whatever team, you know, whatever three-person team that still exists, or, you know, even the champions, uh, Miami Sweet Heat, and there was always a numbers advantage. Then that would have made sense. It would have been, hey, we need some help because they keep overwhelming us. Every time we get close and we know we can beat them, we, you know, we're the superior team, but we never get that chance because they always cut us off. It's either Vicky Lynn or somebody on the outside. We need somebody to watch our back. Now, that would have made sense. That would have made perfect sense rather than them just walking in the back one day and deciding, you know what, we could use a third member. I, you know, that it, it just did not seem to fit. Not saying that Ariel Sky cannot be a good component to Team Spirit, but the reasonings for this did not seem to fit. This is another one of those cases of it's just something that's thrown together. Well, at least that's what it feels like. It just feels like this is thrown together. So um, at the end, and here's another thing that hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, David McLean gets up from the commentating booth again. This is uh, another case of, you know, you probably get somebody else to do these things, David. Uh, Coach gets interviewed by David McLean after the match, and she goes back into doing her pseudo-heel promo. And now to to finish the analogy that I said about uh, Campanelli and Rah Rah being Bud Abbott and Luke Costello, well, they've gone from that. They've graduated from being Abbott and Costello. Now they are the Three Stooges. Because neither Ariel Sky nor Randy Rara have demonstrated any ability to do, to do anything other than just fall in line of what Coach Campanelli says. Much like Larry and Curly do with Mo. <laughs> this is, I mean... I, I don't know what else to say. That is probably the best analogy that I can say describing the team's personality because they don't do anything to show their personality. They don't talk other than Campanelli doing this bit right here. Anytime she's got to talk, it has to be this. It has to be funny. It's got to be I'm over-talking you or I'm talking down to you, two morons, because you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. I'm the coach. Listen to me. Um, now she doesn't use those words. She doesn't call them idiots and morons and stuff like that, or at least not yet. (laughs) Who knows where it may go? I mean, but this is a one note joke and they they need to do something else with this. I mean, adding somebody else, I guess is fine, but it's, it's the same routine. This is a one note joke. It's a one note song and it's, and it's not progressing at all. It's just over and over and over again. So, and what is it that's going over and over and over again? Well, I'll tell you. McLean gets in the ring. He gets the microphone to ask Campanella some questions. She answers it in third person because coach does this and coach does that. Listen to me and, you know, we'll, we'll succeed. He turns to talk to Ariel Sky, and then coach just yanks the microphone back. Never, because he asks us, like, you know, did you ever think that you would be in a tag team? You came here to be a singles wrestler, now you're part of the team. Did you think this would take place? And she just yanks it and, and answer it for her. It's like, never, you know, because blah, 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 blah. This is like a pseudo-heel promo and that she always does. 
But at the same time, it doesn't progress anything. It doesn't go anywhere. She just does it. Like, is, is this supposed to be a case of they're going to get tired of her bossing them around? Or is it a case of, you know, I'm going to turn on you guys because you can't do what I tell you to do? I mean, I, I just wish it would have some sort of progression of any sort just to see what is it. This has been months of this. It's been months and there has not been a single progression as it relates to them, uh, Campanelli and Ra Ra at all. And now you add in and Ariel Sky, and it's like it just started all over again. I just got two other buffoons that I have to, you know, carry around with me because both of them had the intelligence level of a five-year-old. Uh, the next. Segment is a promo for the upcoming matches in the show, so move ahead. The, the video package after that is advertised for next week. Is the Island Dynasty versus Chainsaw and her mystery partners, and I'm just going to go ahead and spoil that now because it's already aired. Uh, it, it's the same two people that she's always tagged with, so I have no idea why they tried to turn this into some sort of mystery partner angle. It, it, it would be different if it was like somebody out of the blue or somebody that you didn't expect, but it's exactly who you expect to tag up with him. It's, it's Siren and Holiday. I mean, who else Who else would it have been? I was. It, have no idea why they did that. Uh, the next match is G.I. Jane and the Disciplinarian taking on, with Samantha Smart, obviously, uh, taking on Americana and Jennifer Flores. Uh... I suppose this is a, a new team. I mean, I, I know Flores came out to help Americana with something that hasn't been addressed again. Her her quest to get even with these dastardly heels for breaking her son's tablet and breaking the leg of her partner who, according to her, can never wrestle again. Uh, so, yeah, her, her determination to do that is clearly on display here as she didn't mention it once. And didn't do anything about it and hasn't been seen even talking to, about, or attacking the Heavy Metal Sisters whatsoever. But, you know, we'll, we'll go off of, you know, we'll move on from that. So, <clears throat> the commentators are recapping the history of Americana. They talk about, you know, Steffi Slay has been injured. When, uh, when did this happen? <laughs> That's another one. I was like, okay, when, when did Steffi Slay get injured? When did this injury angle take place? <laughs> when did she even get bumped or, you know, whatever the case would be? Wild girls are made of glass. Like, you take one good hit. Oh, yeah, and she's off for injury. I'm like, man, come up with a new excuse because I know that's all that is. It's just a TV excuse but to explain why they're not there. Come up with something else. She isn't allowed to be here. She had a nursing convention to go to. We know that she's not, you know, something not everybody needs to be on the injury list, you know, every time that is inexplicably not there. Uh, so this is what the match is. And, and I know, again, the explanation of Stevie Slays not being there is primarily because she was part of the two that came out to save Americana from that group that they never even fought against, the Heavy Metal Sisters. Formerly the Psycho Sisters. I do not believe that there was any question about who was going to win this match whatsoever. 
It is another case of this team has been illustrated and shown to be inferior to everybody else that's on the roster, so I have no reason to believe that they're going to win now. Uh, Americana has lost multiple times. Jennifer Flores has just become a loser because she's hanging out with losers. She needs to get away from them as soon as possible. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, now the only difference here is that the match was more competitive. So I, I have to give it that. I cannot say that it was, you know, even though I felt like I knew who was going to win and lose, I cannot say that the match did not have its points of competitiveness between the two. Um, <clears throat> this is also another case of, you know, you got somebody in here who's probably a little greener than, than necessary. So, and, and by that, I mean G.I. Jane. The only thing that works in Jane's favor is that she's good for the gimmick. And because she's good for the gimmick, she doesn't necessarily have to be smooth. Because she can, you know, the thing that they tried to do with Candy Crush is the thing that they can do with G.I. Jane. When Candy Crush got the, the match for the championship, you know, her promo in that backstage, backstage, excuse me, backstage overacted vignette was, I don't know how I got here. You know, I don't do flips and this, that, and the other. You know, I, I'm, I'm just a boxer. Well, you that logic can be applied to G.I. Jane in that, you know, but, I mean, she doesn't need to sound humble. But she can excuse it and say, you know, I'm, I'm just one year in. You know, that my, my jobs were in the military, telling people what to do and protecting the country and this, that, and that. Keeping, of course, she's got to heal it up. Doing the things that all these soft people out here that don't even bother to get up at, you know, 12 noon, you know, I, I took care of all of those things, blah, blah, blah. She can get away with putting off inexperience to her being new. She can get away with putting off her inexperience to being military. And that, you know, that, that puts her in a position where, yeah, she knows the human anatomy and she can do all that and I can catch on wrestling and I'm only going to get better. You know, she didn't have to be smooth today. She can get there. So, in any case, and uh, it also should be noted that Samantha Smart did a, a fine job here. And, and I keep going back to the ones that are actually doing this. The managers have gotten better over time. Now, of course, they, they still need some other stuff. But she is improving by the, you know, by the appearance, we'll say. And I know some of that has to do with uh, the disciplinarian because, you know, she's the, uh, of the people that's in this match is probably the most well-trained of them. Uh, most notably, uh, you know, I've I said this a few times. I know some people <clears throat> get new to it and haven't heard it. But the disciplinarian, as Robin Reed or Ivory Robin when she was there, uh, wrestled in reality of wrestling. That's where she, you know, cut her teeth in the wrestling business as their two-time women's champion. That's Booker T's promotion. She's she's got good pedigree for, for you know in her training. <clears throat> so I'm sure that some of that you know partnership that they've had because they've been you know kind of married to each other in the wild for a long time. Uh, I'm sure that she has something to do with that. As she was doing the whole cheating manager deal, you know, the disciplinarian made sure to 
positioned the referee so that she couldn't see it. So it all worked in. And then, you know, Samantha Smart is in there, and she's choking her out with a yardstick and all that good stuff. She And she sticks to being a heel. That's the other thing I wanted to give her credit for. She sticks to being a heel. She doesn't change what she's doing when she comes out. Like, you know, and I, I like Sophia Lopez, but she does give mixed signals. She comes out. And she smiles and she shakes hands with the kids and this, that, and other. Samantha Smart doesn't do that. She is heel from the moment she walks out that curtain to the moment she goes back. And I love it. Uh, physically speaking, Americana did a far better job than uh, you know I probably would have thought. Um, I'm still not sold on her as a personality. Because she just, you know, it's two things that get me, well, I'll narrow it down to two. <laughs> it's two things that get me with Americana. Well, three. So we'll, we'll just, we'll do the three. One, no one I've ever asked that saw her views Americana like this makes sense to me. Because everybody else on the wild is a surface level creation you look at them and you can tell what they are that woman is the military this woman is a teacher that those two like being at the beach you know or this one is from some wasteland or you know everybody is is surface level with what they what they present except for americana no one looks at her and like yeah i get it because there's not a stitch of red, white, and blue on her, and they haven't explained any of that. That's the first thing. The second thing is that her promos are very weak, and this is a case that she probably needs to be somewhere else, or she's probably like a lot of wrestlers who do very well, you know, interacting with people backstage and, you know, probably making them laugh and, and have personality backstage, but it just somehow doesn't translate in front of the camera. That is where she needs to get some work. And she does not need to be trying to get that work on national television. That needs to be someplace else where she can do it and figure out who she is. I have said that repeatedly, and I will continue to say it until it changes. But she should she should do something and get an extra layer to who American is. The last thing is, is that she oftentimes comes off like a wish version of Santana Garrett. Her entire look, frame, her physical frame, and her finish, and even the look that the the, the outfit look like that. American, not America. Uh, Santana Garrett has a outfit very similar to that in terms of the way it's cut. And the color scheme. Those three things need to be changed. She should not be some sort of duplicate for someone else unless that person is never coming back. But we've already proven that wrong because they announced that Santana Garrett's coming back. So you don't need an Americana and a Santana Garrett. You just don't. It's repetitive. It's the same reason why you didn't see Demolition hang around long when the Legion of Doom got there because you don't need both. It's the same reason that, yeah, you got a, a decent run with 
Demolition versus the Powers of Pain way back in the day. But what happened to the Powers of Pain eventually? They split them up. And then not only did they split them up, they split them up and they changed their looks entirely. Why? Because you don't need both. It's repetitive. You don't need two of the same thing. And then, you know, your your rest of promotion. So, you know, you, you have to get away from that. Anyhow, um, the match ends uh, <clears throat> with Americana getting a hot tag. She comes in, and to her credit, like I said, you know, I, I could say some things, but physically speaking, she she got in there, and she delivered the goods. You know, I, I don't want to take credit away from you know where it's due. Uh, and she did that, uh, but Jane comes in and makes the save. Flores tried to cut off Jane, but Jane tosses her right back out of the ring. So the heel in this case was able to you know cut the the baby face off. Without much effort. Americana gets up and takes a, uh, a shot at G.I. Jane. She she tries to pop her with an enziguri, but that thing whiffed hard. But fortunately for them, the editors were good at their job, and he cut right on the action. But if you look at it, that, that kick does not come near her head. It's like maybe in front of her face by two or three inches. So uh, Jane did take the take the uh the bump regardless and she went down i'm sure that was lovely for the live audience but for tv it worked but with americana's attention turned you got the disciplinarian who hoist her up on her shoulders for the finish and in this case it was a tko got her up on her shoulders spun around got her in that like a that diamond cutter rko position boom one two three and we're done that's pretty much where I was honestly I mean I wasn't shocked that they won but I was pleasantly happy that they won Uh, because the disciplinarian's win streak only seems to happen when G.I. Jane is involved (laughs) like if if Jane is there she has a good chance of winning if she's in that thing singularly nope you know you you don't even see that coming so but yeah that she managed to get that done and they secure a win for Samantha Smart's army, I guess. I don't know. There's no real name for the, for her collective. Well, maybe we'll call them that, the Samantha Smart Collective. Uh, this was a, another cold match. I mean, the match is fine, but it was another cold match. It's not, it's not pushing anything. It's not addressing anything. It doesn't doesn't afford anything, and it doesn't uh, finish up anything. So it was, it was just a match just for the sake of a match. Uh, this would have been where the jobbers would have been there with the stars back in the day. That, you know, it's, it's a showcase of, of moves of the real stars. And in this case, the stars there were G.I. Jane and the disciplinarian. So uh, we have that. Um I, I was, I shouldn't say, I wasn't surprised that the heels won, but like I said, I repeat, I was pleasantly happy because I, I like G.I. Jane. <laughs> what can I say? I, I like Jane. Jane has grown on me. Uh, she's another one that within their roster is like, okay, I think there's some, some potential there. She's still rough. She, you know, she's not where she should be to be on national television. 
And like I said, the only thing that saves her is the gimmick. In my view. Uh, I don't know what the, what they've gained here. I mean, it, it, it works for G.I. Jane. It helps, it helps build her up a little bit. But she didn't score the win, so, you know, it didn't really give her any extra oomph, if that makes sense. Uh, it was on it was on the disciplinary, and she got the pen, but I don't know if that if that's going to be taken advantage of and forwarded. Uh, will this begin a winning streak for her? Who knows? Don't I don't see it happening, but we will stay tuned to find out. Um, there was lots of talk during the match about events that went nowhere. This is a, this is another case of those wild commentators have zero credibility. It's just it's just a lot of nothing. Talking about things that Americana did, but she's never going to go back and do. Like I said, I don't I don't even know why she would have another match with somebody preceding the heavy metal sisters if she was allegedly as angry with them as she was. And if she was going to get back to them, then she certainly shouldn't have been the one that take the fall. But if I were a betting man, they probably won't ever address it. I will I will be legitimately surprised if they turn around and Americana's like, all right, heavy metal sisters, let's go. You know, that I don't think that's going anywhere. I'll be shocked if it does. Next segment is a promo spot for Miami Sweet Heat, talking about their upcoming matches. Now, I want to give Sweet Heat credit here because they are probably the closest thing that this show has to a legitimate promo. They cut a promo on, you know, their opponents. You know, I can't say backstage, but, you know, wherever they have it positioned. They don't have an interviewer, but they stand in front of the camera and they, you know, they do their spiel. And they, and fortunately for them, they, they at least get the chance to do their spiel talking specifically about the persons that they're facing, which is like, okay, that's a breath of fresh air. It is. It, it is a breath of fresh air that somebody can actually get on TV and say something directly about, yeah, tonight we're going to beat the mother truckers rather than, hey, we're the champions and you can't beat us, and then that's it. They actually had something behind it. Now, I'm not saying that they're the, you know, the best mic persons in the world, but they're not bad. You know, that they, they can... They know how to speak. They know how to talk. They, you know, they they can string the words together. You know, it, it's not like people that got up there and fumble over what they're doing. They 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 do a good job cutting their promo. And more importantly than that, I will you know add this in: they look like they're enjoying doing the promo. You know, they they look like they're enjoying being the heels and and cutting the promos that they get to cut. So that's a big thumbs up for me. Then we go to another uh, segment, and this is um, the recap of the story of the Mother Truckers. Now, let's let's go back and look at what happened to the Mother Truckers for months. So the, the Truckers were in a feud with Samantha Smart's collective. They win, but then Samantha Smart somehow gets even by calling somebody allegedly G.I. Jane, although they said that one episode and then dropped it on this one. They never, they didn't bring it back up. Uh, they just reverted back to someone drove the, you know, she hired someone to drive the truck away. 
And for whatever reason, Samantha Smart decided to drive, had the truck driven to Tennessee. The mother truckers, instead of calling the cops or <laughs> doing anything, any sort of legality, they take the bus and go all the way to Tennessee, and then they steal their own truck and somehow get arrested for it. But we don't know why or how or where because they never showed that. And then they're in some, probably in some of the cleanest jail facilities that you know money could buy, and right next to each other at that. And they take their phone call and they call Sofia Lopez to get them out of jail. And she's such a good lawyer that she's like, I'll have you out in the morning. Now, the first thing I was thinking there, I was like, okay, if she can get them out in the morning, then that's a matter of posting bail. <laughs> you know, are you asking her for money or are you asking her for legal representation? Because, because if it takes legal representation, I'm pretty sure that, you know, she could go and uh, go in a court somewhere, I mean, in, in, in this wow universe but if she had about within 24 hours i'm like there ain't no courts involved in that she just got him out so i can only imagine like all right well then you the money must that that's a job for a bails bondsman not a not a lawyer and and <laughs> and, and again you know I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this in in their universe okay so let, let, let's just exa- examine this in their universe so you got the mother truckers who paid money to have Sofia Lopez fly from Los Angeles to Tennessee to pay the bail to get them out so they can go back to Los Angeles so they can get a match with uh, the collective. I, yeah. uh, And the thing here is that they have Lopez like, all right, you owe me one. This none of this made any sense. It didn't. It didn't make any sense that they would even try to get Sofia Lopez to be the one to get them out. Like, for what reason would you do that? Have you not been hanging around WOW to know that she's a heel manager? So why would you do this? To be indebted to her? And I'm not even sure if that's going anywhere because it hadn't been brought up. <laughs> and we'll get it in that also. I mean, outside of this recap, it hasn't been brought up. So, I mean, this seems like in, in, in the universe of wild, this would have been a, a situation to, hey, put some money down and you can get out of here. Rather than sitting around in jail wearing a not guilty uh, prison jumpy, you know, jumper. It, it, I didn't. None of this made any sense. It, this, this is just. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. This is just poor writing. This, this, I don't. I try not to refer to the writing on the show, but this, this right here, this segment is poor, poor writing. And ain't nobody in that writers' room in a while gonna tell me differently because they know that this is nothing that you can explain. And like, even if you're trying to say it within the context of wow, I am positive. No one in that room can explain this. They can't explain why they got arrested. They can't explain what they got arrested for. They can't explain why they pulled Sofia Lopez out of all people other than the fact that she's the only lawyer on the show. Because I guess the state of Tennessee has no law firms. And not just law firms. 
Apparently, they don't have any bails bondsmen either. Or, or, you know, matter of fact, I shouldn't even say the state of Tennessee, the mystery state that they got arrested in. <laughs> arrested and held. They ain't just arrest them and like, all right, look, we, there's a mis- mistake. We're going to call you back for a court date a month from now. No, they just arrested them and put them in jail. So, yeah, uh, none, none of that. None of that. None of this makes any sense. So, it's, and, and now, yeah, I forgot. This is before I move on to the match. Why are the truckers getting a match against the tag team champions? Is, that, is, is this what they owe? A match against the tag team champions? That's like a reward. I mean, it, clearly, because it, the... The truckers in this scenario are basically nothing to gain but nothing to lose either. I mean, they, the, the titles aren't on the line. But they're also, I guess if you want to take it on the other side of the coin, you could say that they, they stand to gain nothing in this match. If they win, they win the match and they'll be top contenders, but they don't get the titles. If they lose, then they got to go to the back of the line in theory. So, you know, it's it's – not a lot of incentive there, you know, in the reality of it. But again, the way that this is kind of set up is kind of presented like, oh, right, yeah, and they, you know, they owe Sophia Lopez, but they don't explain, is this the favor that Lopez is telling them? Hey, you got to take on Miami Sweet Heat for me. And if they did, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't, this doesn't make any sense either. So as it... We'll just go into the match in the main event. This is the only thing here that had some sort of substance or story underneath it, I guess. Well, no, 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 that's not true. Exile with Ice Cold and Team Spirit with Campanelli, that had something underneath it. So I, I don't want to I don't want to exclude that. Uh, so the, the commentators imply that... Uh, Lopez and Starr got together and approved this match. Why? Why? For what reason would Jennifer Jennifer Lopez? Oh my God! <laughs> Where did I? Wow! Wishes they might have Jennifer Lopez on this show. Sophia. I'm sorry, J Lo. I I just associated you with Wow. I know that's never going to happen, but no, Sophia Lopez. Why would this have ever happened? What does she stand to gain by having them go into the ring with Miami's sweet heat? What does she have to gain here? This is pointless. I'm sorry. All right. So. Apparently, Sofia Lopez and Lana Starr proved this match because Lana gets final say over who wrestles her champions until she doesn't. And uh, somewhere within the course of this, the, the, the commentators talk like they're live, and we know that they're not. So I'm not sure what that's in, in, in there either. But, but I'm willing to let that slide, I mean, because, you know, hey. He might have just been talking about it in present tense rather than, you know, trying to convince people that they're live. I, I can't imagine by any stretch of the imagination that they could convince people that they're live. 
Although there are probably some people out there that, you know, there's, there's some slow people in the world that might believe it. So um, this is a normal mother trucker match. There's a pacing that the truckers have, and it's essentially, we, you know, whoever starts, and I, at this point I say is usually the mom is usually Big Rick Betty. When she gets out and we've got Holly Swag in, Swag is the bumper, and that's the way it needs to be. Uh, these two... Uh, are good at what they do, and I'm 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 really surprised that Amazing Maria, aka Big Rig Betty, is getting, I guess for all intents and purposes, a final run. Because uh, last, like I said, that I saw, she was um, she was retired. She was retired because she was hurt. I do not know the overall extent of her, of her injuries. It's not like she publicly said, oh, my back's messed up and my knees are bad or this, that, and the other. She basically just said that she was, you know, she had to step down from wrestling. But her daughter was in it, you know, Hollywood J. And she has got some, <clears throat> some good wrestling pedigree underneath her. I mean, her mom <laughs> wrestles. She's wrestled with the NWA. If you haven't had a chance to see the, uh, I believe it was NWA 73. Uh, gosh, I, I don't want to get the wrong event, but it was the year that they reestablished the NWA Women's Tag Team Championships. Because at that point, Hollywood J was part of the Free Babes with Miranda Gordy and Jazzy Yang. Which, honestly, that would have been a great team to pull in for a while for credibility's sake, but, you know, we'll move on. Uh, but, and I'm also sure that she probably wants to tag with her mom, and, you know, and a mom, certainly, I'm sure, if, if I'm a betting man, you know, would appreciates being able to tag with her daughter. So, you know, it as gimmicky and as cartoony as the mother trucker team is and i do not like or i don't care for the uh the gimmick but i know there is is more to that team than just the gimmick now i only know that because i you know followed the wrestling outside of wow i wish wow kind of went into the reasonings that they're paired off rather than just, hey, you know, these are two girls from Kentucky and they know Jesse Jones, so let's just make them wild wrestlers. I, I rather that they would have done something a little bit more uh, in-depth and formal and, and treated them like the first and second generation wrestling duo that they are, opposed to, hey, guys, honk, honk, you know, all that stuff that they do when they come out there. Uh, but... All of that aside, getting back to the point, uh, the team pretty much does what they do. Uh, Big Rig Betty comes in and she beats him up because she's the heavy hitter. And then Holly Swag comes in. She gets a couple of um, good spots in there. But ultimately, she gets shut, shut down and cut off. And they usually has to go bumping around for the heels or whoever it is that they're facing that particular day. <clears throat> and she does a good job of it. And I know that that is largely based on the fact that Swag 
is not very big, but she flies around well, and it, and it only helps make the other team look good. Uh, Miami's Sweet Heat has has continued to improve. They they look good as a team. Not surprising, considering they're a team of sisters. You got a couple of those in a while, but. This is like a family affair now that I'm thinking about it. You got a mother-daughter team on one side of the ring, got a pair of sisters on the other. Uh, but there was a point in the match where uh, Lindsay catapults Swag into Laurie on the outside, and she flew into that, that elbow. So if there's any doubt that, um, that Swag does not put effort into what she does – that one spot right there should should tell you something. And she just takes bump after bump after bump. Now, they're not crazy bumps. She's not allowing herself to be tossed halfway across the ring or through tables or 10 feet down to the floor. I mean, she's not doing just absurd stuff. But when the heat has got to be, and I don't mean the heat as the tag team, I mean when the heat of the match has to be put on somebody with the, uh, uh, with the truckers, is generally going to be swag. Uh, it has happened with Big Rick Betty before, but typically speaking, is swag. Um, this carried on with uh, Holly Swag taking most of the the punishment until, as you would expect, she finds a way to get herself free. She's hoisted on the shoulders of one of Miami Sweet Heat. They, it's not quite an airplane spin, but a, a bit of a toss. But Swag is able to counter that into an X-Factor or a sit-out face plant, if you please. And when she gets in, she makes the tag out to uh, Big Rig Betty, who comes in and does, the, like I said, the cleanup, which is what she is typically there to do. Now, in this match... It ended a little differently than uh, where they would normally go because it wasn't Big Rick Betty that, that that finished us off. And she came in and she was, you know, cleaning up, and she looked like she was uh, <laughs> whooping ass in there. So she comes in, she beats up over the twins, and then you got Lana Starr who tries to blatantly hit Betty with the mirror right in front of the referee. I don't know what he was doing. He should have said or did something. But when she tries to take the swing at at Betty, one of the twins stops her. She hooks the arm before, you know, because Betty stops the mirror from coming down. And then she has to do the whole trucker thing. She goes honk, honk, and then to, to give the other girl time to come in and hook the arm. So she hooks the arm, stops the punch to Lana Star that would have taken place and spins her off. Gives her a snap mare, and her sister comes in to give her a, a knee to the face. Although Betty ducks the knee and rolls over and makes the tag. So now you get Hollywood. I was about to say Hollywood because that's her other name on the indies. But Holly Swag gets the tag. She comes in, but she immediately gets kicked in the guts. <laughs> Eh, but it was it. But you know, it, this is a great spot for them because it she she cut her off immediately, and then gets ready to go for the suplex. Like I got her now, and she hoists her up. 
and uh, Swag rolls her rolls through the suplex and gets her in a small package and pins her one two three, right in the middle of the ring. And so now you got the tag team champions like, what? What's going on? What happened? You know that that whole deal. So you've got the mother truckers who have pinned the tag team champions. Uh, with a small package out of the suplex. The mother truckers win. Of course, they make it clear that, oh, yeah, they won the match, but but you don't win the titles. You know, the, I'm not, not the heels. I mean, Dave McClain gets on the microphone later on and, and says that. Uh, he, he makes the announcement that they keep the championship. Uh the the last note that I had for that match was is this going somewhere? Because the logical train of thought would be that all right, the mother truckers just cleanly pinned uh, the wild tag team champions. They, she they just without any debate, then no no misfiring of the the mirror, no hook in the leg, no you know nothing like that. They they got a clean victory over the tag team champions. Theoretically, that should bump them up into being the number one contenders. They had, they now have a legitimate gripe and say, "Hey, look, we we deserve the championship." Now they may come back and revisit that uh, for for the sake of this show and its continuity and my sanity watching it. I hope that they get to this. I hope they come around and uh, at least have a return match, but. My concern with them is that we probably will not see that. If if it does happen, we probably won't see that return match until five or six weeks from now, which is absurd. But that was the episode. That was 43 tag team only. It was tag teams up and down the, the show. This show is a C minus for me. It's not. It's just under average. The thing that saves this show, in my view, is that we know that last call, Wrecking Ball and Del Rey are just there to squash their opponents, so that that was fine, and and it was just there to to show who they were. Uh, the match, the six-person exile with Ice Cold versus Team Spirit and Campanelli, that was fine as well, and it, and it pushed forward the concept of team spirit and their subservience to Campanelli even though they probably did not try to do that uh, Jane and the disciplinarian winning over Americana Flores again the match is fine it just you know it's not going anywhere it's not pushing anything and the main event would have been a lot better for me if they didn't have the attempt of trying to put some story into it and a story that makes little to no sense at that. I, I, I don't know where you could possibly be heading with Sofia Lopez working out a championship match for them. I mean, weren't they supposed to owe her? I mean, isn't that the, the whole deal of her getting them out of jail? Weren't they supposed to owe her? Like I said before, this came off like a reward. I got you guys out of jail, so here you go. Here's a match against the tag team champions. Whether you have a you know championship shot or not, that's like a reward because if you win, again, in theory, you should be the number one contenders. 
You lose. Well, you didn't win the championship and you get bumped down, but you weren't supposed to have the title match to begin with. It, I mean, it's, it, it's the things like that that subtract from the show. The matches, by and large, are fine. Every once in a while, you come across a really good one. I mean, now they have to squeeze those really good ones in, into six, seven, maybe eight-minute matches. They, you know, they got to kind of cram it in. But every once in a while, you come across a good match. But the lack of continuity, the commentators just making up things that never happen, and just the... Uh, the holes that the show has weighs this all down. I, and it some days it makes it hard to watch. And lastly, the, the fact that almost nobody, almost nobody, I won't say everybody, but almost nobody on that show gets the chance to speak about anything. They just, you know, we're, they're just there. And we don't know their motivations. We, you know, why are they bothering with this? What is their goal? I mean, the week before, we saw Candy Crush go into tears over getting the championship match, but we have no context to that. It's not like she was on some sort of run of getting the championship. And then Dave McClain just made it worse while walking in there crying because he gave her a championship match. Why? Would you cry over that? You're supposed to be assigning championship matches every day. I mean, that's, that's the job. And if he was emotionally attached to her, let's just say. And I, and I know I'm talking about something that took place a week ago. But if, she, if he was emotionally attached to her as the proprietor of WoW, and, and it meant something for him to see her get that championship match, wouldn't it have been better to see Candy Crush fighting and clawing and trying everything possible to earn that championship match that she said that she wanted from the get-go, not just arbitrarily just gifted one because, hey, you know, you said you wanted a championship match and I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> and he goes into tears. That just made it come off like one big overacting scene. And I can tell you right now, people who do not watch wrestling regularly, like the casual viewer, the ones that I asked, like, hey, what'd you think about this? Did this make sense to you? This stuff like that. All they saw when they looked at that was just a scene. They're like, oh, my God, this, oh, this dude can't act. That's the first thing out of most of them. I was like, oh, this is terrible. He weighed the scene down doing that. And it had no lead in whatsoever. It was just out of the blue. And that's a common theme with WoW. They just Things just happen. Without any sort of rhyme, reason, explanation. See the mother truckers and Sophia Lopez for any proof of that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a terrible show. It's not episode 25. The infamous episode 25, which is the worst episode that WoW's ever had in the 20 years of existence. Well, I guess we should say in their... Five years of existence that spanned over 20. 
So that's it, folks. That was the recap of episode 43, Tag Teams Only. I can only hope that as they proceed, they will continue to try to patch the holes. And by that, I mean not patch the holes with the commentators saying it. Actually show some of the stuff that you're talking about. Or at the very least, have the wrestlers themselves say it, opposed to the commentators having to fill in the blanks every week. And so with that, I think that is enough, and we're going to have to bring this thing to a close. If you have not done so, thank you for listening, but uh, we would certainly appreciate it if you click the like button, hit the subscribe button. It helps make the channel grow. It helps get people to tune in and be able to find us a lot easier uh, when you hit the follow depending and I'm saying this depending on where you are the follows the likes the subscribe if you watch this on YouTube certainly we appreciate it if you uh, hit the like and subscribe and hit the bell for the notifications uh, all of those things help I know some people you know have done other things drop uh, a little money here and there and uh, bought shirts you know, just, just because and I appreciate that um, but uh, the easiest thing to do the free thing to do is just like and subscribe and hit the bell for notifications if you're listening to this and you haven't done it already what are you waiting for just go ahead and do it it's not going to cost you a thing it ain't going to hurt the only thing that you're going to get is just notified when there's new uh, podcasts available and what's wrong with that and with that folks I am going to close it out by saying that this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long and we will see you in a minute moved away from the microphone so long and we will see you on the next go round take care everybody thank you for listening to the WPN's rights and wrongs of pro wrestling if you have questions or comments please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>